when popular opinion is wrong. What are people saying about me? What do you believe about me? This and these are the questions, some of the questions that Jesus asked his disciples. He had just gotten done feeding the 5,000 with the leftover baskets, feeding the 4,000 with the leftover baskets. He had just got done healing the blind man and Jesus asks this very important question and he asks it to all of his disciples. We are in Mark and chapter 8 today and you know it's just an interesting just a few verses but an interesting few verses here in Mark chapter 8 and Jesus asks this these questions right on the heels of doing these incredible miraculous miracles and in Mark chapter 8 and in verse 27 he asks his disciples and he said who do men say that I am what are people saying about who do men say that I am? And so, so they, they answered, you know, and said, John the Baptist. Some say John the, the Baptist. Some others say Eli, Elijah. Others are saying, oh, you're, you're one of the prophets. So Jesus asked them, but who do you say that I am? He asked that question to all of his disciples. Peter speaks up. And when Peter speaks up, he says, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ. You are the Christ. So first of all, Peter knew that by revelation. He knew that just by the revelation of the Lord. You are the Christ, he says in verse 29. And Jesus strictly warns them that they should tell no one about him. See, this is an interesting passage here because when popular opinion is wrong, there they had all kinds of ideas as to who Jesus was. Um, you know, the Pharisees, the, the, the priests, the scribes, they, you know, even, even the disciples, they were all trying to figure out who Jesus was. Now, Peter spoke by revelation, you are the Christ. But a lot of people, they had the wrong opinion of who Jesus was. They saw the miraculous, um, you know, um, happenings. They saw the provision uh, that was coming about. They saw the healings. They saw the, the, the multiplication of food, right? And the problem was, is that they continued to see these things, but their hearts continued to be hardened in the area of their, the lack of understanding. So where they didn't understand, their hearts started to become hardened. And so it's interesting that Jesus asks these questions. Basically, he says, what are people saying about me? And then he says, but, but who do you, what do you believe about me? Right? Right? Who, who do men say that I am? But who do you say that I am? He was testing them. Jesus didn't care what people thought he was. It wasn't like, it wasn't like he was like insecure. It wasn't like he had a people pleasing issue. It was that was not it at all, right? He knew who he was. He was confident. He knew he was he was the Christ. He knew he was the Son of God. He knew he was the Messiah. So it wasn't that he needed to be convinced, but he was testing to see, are you getting it? By now, are you getting it? Do you understand who I am? Has it been revealed to you? Is your heart at the place where you are ready to understand the truth? Because I have been with you all this time and I have been modeling unto you 
a life, a kingdom life, right? This is what Jesus has been saying. But people don't understand the anointing many times. They don't understand the anointing, the anointing. And Jesus is the anointed one, right? He is the anointed one, Jesus Christ, the anointed one. So they couldn't understand the anointing in his life. Now, remember, each time that he did these multiplications, their hearts were hardened because they didn't understand. It wasn't just for the first time with the feeding of the 5,000 that their hearts became hard, but the second time in when the, he fed the 4,000, he says, are your hearts still hardened? So both times, and this is quite interesting because they two times they see a miraculous multiplication of food right? With all this, all these leftovers, the second time, uh, the uh, 4,000, right? In the second time, they have so much uh, in, in the way of leftover food. They have less people and, and, and more food. It's like, it's just, it's just crazy, right? Both times they have a lack of understanding. And Jesus says both times, are you still in unbelief? Is your heart still hard? They don't understand the anointing. So it's easy to misunderstand the anointing. It's easy to misjudge. When popular opinion is wrong, what do you do? You stand firm in faith, pleasing the one and only because your job is to please Christ. Your job is to be obedient unto him and him alone. And so Peter answers the question, what do you say that I am? And he says, you are the Christ. You are the Christ in verse 29 of chapter 8, Mark 8, 20, 29. So know the truth, right? Know the truth and believe the truth, church of God, regardless of what popular consensus may say. Know the truth, believe the truth. We know that the truth sets us free, right? So Jesus didn't act differently just because disciples wavered in their understanding he continued to be consistent he continued to say the truth he continued to be faithful to his father our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name he continued to be faithful he continued to be true and because he is the truth we are to follow jesus's example and be faithful be consistent even when you're misunderstood even when popular opinion is wrong about you doesn't understand your anointing doesn't understand your calling will mock and ridicule they will mock and they will ridicule you make sure that you stand firm in the truth this is what jesus did and it's just, it's interesting because the very last verse in that section there it says he strictly warned them remember peter just got done saying you are the christ and none, none of the other disciples, by the way, said it. Peter said it. This came through revelation. Revelation comes through time in his presence. He, he strictly warned them that they should tell no one about him. You know, and right after that, Jesus predicts his death and his resurrection. And it, it's it's interesting because he said, he begins to teach them that the son of man, so now he's the son of man, right? Now he's... Now the revelation has been released, right? So now he's saying the son of man must suffer many things. This is verse 31. And be rejected. He says, by the elders and by the chief priests and the scribes. They, he's saying right here, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by those who should know better. Basically, I mean, paraphrase, right? 
by the elders, by the chief priests, and by the scribes. So he's saying, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by those who should know better. Guys, there's nothing different, nothing new under the sun. If you're feeling, you know, suffering and, and being uh, rejected, mocked, or ridiculed, you're in, you're in good company. Jesus himself said, this must happen. He says, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, and be killed, and after three days, rise again. Wow. I'm going to stop right there because we're going to pick up from there tomorrow. But Jesus predicts his death and his resurrection, and he, he explains that when popular opinion is wrong, you know, you stick with the truth. Don't let them get in your head. Don't don't let people's words, people's thoughts towards you cause you to lessen your stance in Christ. You are strong in the Lord for a purpose. You are strong and you walk in confident, obedient submission to the Lord Jesus Christ because of everything that he has done. Amen. He has done everything. He gave his life. He gave his life for us. He spilled his blood for us that we would have eternal life upon receiving this beautiful gift of salvation. He had then poured into you the gifts and the callings that he has called you to walk in. Not everyone will understand. Not everyone will like, and many will mock and ridicule. Let it go. Don't let it stop with you. When popular opinion is wrong, stand firm on the truth. Jesus did. He is our ultimate example. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Yes, read people's expression. Awesome towards us, sold out lovers of God. We're sold out. We are committed to the one who is committed to us. Jesus is committed to us, isn't he? Well, he doesn't want anything different from us. He wants a life that is fully committed back unto him, not half hearted, not a half hearted Christian, not kind of lukewarm. We know that the Bible says in the book of Revelation that the lukewarm will be spewed out of his mouth. I'd rather you be hot or cold, but this lukewarm stuff, I would spew you out of my mouth. It's a fairly strong language, but it's what he says in the book of Revelation, right? So we are completely on fire for Jesus. He is the one that we adore and the one that we please and the one that our eyes are set upon, the one that our heart is set upon. We are on a pilgrimage, and that pilgrimage is to continually give our lives over unto Jesus, to learn more, to grow in our walk, and to let our lives be that sold-out example that he so desires for us to be. We please him. If you're doing this, you please him. And there's nothing better that we can do with our lives other than to please our Heavenly Father, our Maker. Amen. It's beautiful. And this peace that he gives, well, it's unending. 
and this peace that he gives is our joy complete and your purpose will be fulfilled as God Amen. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. We stand firm in God's truth. Yes, the lover of our souls. Who do you say I am? We walk by faith. Brenda says, I needed this. Co-workers don't understand. And I only care what Jesus says of me. And the boldness of the Lord and the strength of God, his words in your mouth, in, your, in all of your mouths, they will be exactly what you need it to be. It's going to strengthen, it's going to anchor you, it's going to give you, it's going to bring you out amidst all of that. But remember, the Son of Man must suffer many things, so shall we. You may be rejected by man, but you are accepted by your Father. Glory to God. Please him and only him. Hallelujah. Yes, people do not understand your and our anointing, especially to love the unlovable. Yes. Jesus was testing them. Do you understand? That's right. Because so many things had happened. They saw so many examples, so many miracles, and yet still. Hallelujah. Marie, I'm so glad that this also was a timely message for you because of co-workers. Yeah, you know, there's um, there, are, there are always mocking spirits and people that don't understand uh, why you do what you do. You know, you go around, you anoint your house with oil, you anoint your place of business maybe with oil, and people mock what they don't understand. I, I've learned that over the years, that people mock what they don't understand. Instead of asking genuine questions, they mock what they don't understand because bottom line is, there's, there's fear and there's pride. But, you know, we go around, we anoint the place with oil because we know that in the word it tells us that we, we shall anoint, you know, you anoint the sick. The Bible says you anoint, anoint the sick, they recover. In the Old Testament, they would anoint their place, uh, their temples and their places of, you know, of worship and such. The oil of the Lord, right? It's just symbolic. It is symbolic. It's really just you're staking your claim, you're taking a you're saying this place is marked out right this is this place i am using my authority and i am claiming this place for the kingdom i am claiming that while i'm here this building here this place here there is an anointing there is a covering there's a protection of the lord it's your faith at work your faith is in christ alone the anointing of oil upon a place just will have it it be just an outward symbol of the faith you have in christ your faith is not in oil your faith is in Christ, but it is a marking. It is an act, right? Why did the walls of Jericho fall down? Well, under the under the instruction of the Lord, he said to walk around, you know, six times. And then on the seventh time, you're going to shout and the walls are going to come down. Was the shout what destroyed the walls? Well, it was the faith and the obedience in doing what God said. I mean, if God said, I want you to sit there in pure silence for seven days and the walls are going to come down, well, they would have sat there in pure silence for seven days and the walls would have come down. It is the obedience of hearing the voice of God and then doing what he tells you to do that brings in the results of God, right? So people don't understand and they mock what they don't understand, right? And and so even when popular opinion is wrong, even when people are saying things about you that are not true, right? Even when they, and they get others to believe lies about you. It's what they were doing with Jesus. That's why he said, 
who do men say I am, but who do you say I am? Because people will taint other people. So Jesus was testing them saying, but who do you say I am? And Peter, because of revelation from the Lord, got it right. You are the Christ. And God gives us revelation. The revelation is continuous and it's growing. It's, it's line upon line and it's growing. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's what you're going through, Crystal, as well. Wow, message is right on time. That's the beautiful thing about our Heavenly Father that already many of you are saying this message is what you're going through right now, right on time. God's timing is perfect. Yes, Psalm 27, although my mother and father may have forsaken me or abandoned me, yet the Lord has adopted you as, as his child. Amen. God bless you all. Father, I bless these fiery, beautiful people of Christ. And we're going to continue. Yes, ignoring the negativity and hungering and thirst, thirsting for his righteousness. Oh, we love this life that you have given us. Lord, with you, we are in the majority. And it doesn't matter what people say. Father God, you, Jesus, were persecuted. You went through difficulties, as the word says here. You will suffer many things. It's okay. You bless them. You bless them. We pray for what's going on. And we allow the living God to move through us in beautiful, beautiful ways, the ways he has chosen, so that we will exemplify Christ with our lives. Exemplify Christ. Honor him. Exalt him. He is faithful indeed. We bless our children and our children's children. We bless them. We thank you for opening up their eyes wherever there is confusion. We rebuke the spirit of confusion, commanding it to leave them now in the name of Jesus. Now, right now. We decree right now clarity to their hearts, to their minds, to their souls. We decree the clarity of the Lord over them right now. Father, we thank you that one step, one touch, one, one anointing of Christ changes it all for them. So we trust you with our loved ones. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Have an amazing, amazing day. Remember, share this video, and I will see you tomorrow. God bless you.